Good morning and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I am Carol Clybaker and it is my privilege to be your announcer on this second Sunday of Easter. Reverend Jake Sletton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service today is the organist, Mrs. Susan Sinegar, and the acolytes are Caitlin Clybaker and Peyton Minning. Today's radio broadcast is being sponsored by funds donated to the radio ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church and dedicated to the glory of God. Our opening hymn is Alleluia, Jesus is Risen, found on page 474 of the Lutheran Service Book. Again, that's Alleluia, Jesus is Risen, page 474. May God bless us as we worship together. All right, I got the okay from the back, so let's continue on with some announcements for this morning. Uh, first of all, there is a confirmation dinner after church on May 7th. May 7th is Confirmation Sunday. Uh, it is a basket dinner. Uh, desserts and drinks are provided, and it is held in the fellowship hall. So that is uh, Confirmation Sunday, May 7th, after church. And if you are in need of nursery care this morning, have a nursery for you. It's right outside of these double doors and to the left in the chapel that is right over there. We'll also, uh, if you are one of the young disciples here this morning, please make sure to bring up your mighty mics at the beginning of the children's message here in just a little bit. There is a council meeting tonight, uh, April the 23rd at 7 p.m. in the fellowship hall, and then a voters meeting May 7th at 7 p.m. in the fellowship hall as well. Trinity Lutheran School CDs are still for sale at the school and in the church office for $5, and all proceeds go to the Tornado Shelter Project. I can tell you, as one who just a few weeks ago saw the path of the last tornado, it was heading right towards Freistadt, buy some CDs. <laughs> buy lots of them. Let's, let's be safe, okay? Uh, and then also, Cardinals tickets, uh, Springfield Cardinals tickets are for sale. Uh, you'll get a free hat with the purchase of each ticket, and our Trinity Lutheran School kids get to sing God Bless America during the seventh, in, or after the, um, in the middle of the seventh inning. And then finally, uh, a sad piece of news to give. Many of you uh, probably have heard, but if you have not, uh, our secretary who worked here on Fridays, Colleen Pugh, she passed away uh, last Thursday and her funeral service is tomorrow at 10 a.m. with a luncheon to follow, and then the graveside is down in northern Arkansas at 3 p.m. I do not yet know of the location of the gravesite, but that information will be made uh, available to all of you tomorrow. We will certainly keep her family in our prayers this morning and during this week especially. And so with that, let's begin our service this morning with a word of prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, we are so very thankful for this day, this day, Lord, on which we get to celebrate once again the joy of the resurrection. May this joy so fill our hearts, so fill our minds, so fill our souls, Lord, that we cannot help but to sing forth, but to speak forth of the incredible joys and the mysteries of the salvation of God in Jesus Christ that you have given to us. And so now, Lord, we pray as we always do on Sunday mornings, that you would, Lord, give us a zeal for your house of worship here. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 
we, uh, we stand and sing our first hymn, Alleluia, Jesus is Risen, number 474. begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart, and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching Him, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. 
I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. O Almighty God, merciful Father. I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities, with which I have ever offended you, and justly deserved your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor, sinful being. So Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all of your sins. So then in the stead, and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up to salvation. If indeed you have tested that the Lord is good. O give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises to him. Tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek the Lord, his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done. His miracles and the judgments he uttered. He remembers his covenant forever. The word that he commanded for a thousand generations. Glory, Glory be, be to, to the God, Father, and, and to the Son, Father, and, and to, to the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit, as it as was in the, the beginning, is now, is now and, and, will and will be forever. Be forever. Amen. Amen. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up to salvation. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Mercy upon us, Christ Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, grant that we who have celebrated the Lord's resurrection may by your grace confess in our life and conversation 
that Jesus is Lord and God. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. The first reading from Holy Scripture today comes from the book of Acts, chapter 5, verses 29 through 43. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and the forgiveness of sins. We are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to us, whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill him. But a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in honor by all the people, stood up and gave orders to put the man outside for a little while. And then he said to them, Men of Israel, take care of what you are about to do to these men. For before these days, Tadeus rose up, claiming to be somebody, and a number of men, about 400, joined him. He was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean rose up in the days of the census and drew away some of the people after him. He too perished, and all who followed him were scattered. So in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this undertaking is of this man, it will fail. But if it is of, but if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them you might even be found opposing God. So they took his advice. And when they had called in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then they left in the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to, be, to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. We will now have special music by the Trinity Adult Choir.
your mighty mites along with you. You guys can actually sit over here and face face me. Okay. All right. So, I have a question to start you off with, and this is not a trick question. I just want you to know that. When your parents tell you something, do you believe it? Remember, it's not a trick. It's not a trick question. Sometimes. Okay. All right. Did you hear that, Dad? Sometimes, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, so when your parents tell you to do something, do you, or that something, well here, let me ask it a different way. When your parents tell you that something is true, do you believe them? Yeah. Yeah? Good, okay, good. Hopefully you, yeah, okay. So yeah, when your parents tell you that something is true or that something is real, you believe it, okay? So I'm going to tell you a few things about myself that are either true or not true, and you guys have to decide, okay? The first one, I have climbed to the top of a mountain. Do you think that's true or yeah. not true? Who, who? Is it a big mountain? It's a big one, yeah, it is. Okay, who says that it's true? Raise your hand. Two, three, two of you, three of you. Who says not true? Maddie, you already said that it was true. You, you can't be, be both now. Maddie's right no matter what she, she does. Okay. Well, I have climbed to the top of a mountain before. Okay? So that one was true. Okay? The next one. I have a snake as a pet. Is it, is it, is it big? It is not big. It is small. Do you, so who says that it is true that I have a snake as a pet? Raise your hand. Who says that it's not true? Me. Those who say that it is not true have it. Don't worry, Walt, there is not a snake in the parsonage. I promise. <laughs> it's not in there, okay? Okay, and finally, Jesus is the only way to heaven. Who says that that's true? All of you, good. Okay, so what we're going to be talking about today is something that the gospel writer says in our gospel lesson for today. He says that all of these things have been written, all of the things in his gospel, his good news about Jesus, that they've all been written for one singular purpose, that you and I may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing we may have life in his name. Now, a little bit before that, there is the episode of what a lot of people know, uh, uh, know as Doubting Thomas, okay? And Thomas was one of Jesus' disciples, but he didn't believe. He didn't believe that Jesus had risen from the dead until he saw Jesus. That's my list, yes. Until he saw Jesus himself, until he saw the, the scars in his, in his hands and the scar in, in his side and the scars in his feet, then he finally believed. And then Jesus says something really important. He says, 
You have believed because you have seen. Well, blessed are those, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. We're going to talk about what he means by that and what he meant by that in our sermon for today. Okay? Blessed are we that we have believed, even though we haven't seen. Okay? All right, can you guys put your hands together and repeat after me? Okay? Dear Jesus, thank you for helping me to believe, even though I haven't seen. Help me to show others what I believe. We love you, Lord. Amen. Thanks for coming up, and you guys can go back and sit with your folks. Today's epistle lesson comes from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him, Though you do not see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining an outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 20th chapter. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent to me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from anyone, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told them, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. 
Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and, put, and, place, it in, and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the gospel of our Lord. pray with me, please. Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for the message this morning is the gospel lesson that was just read. You want to have that in front of you because we will be going through it as we go along here in the message for this morning. I will never forget the story that one of my classmates told us in our fourth year of seminary. You see, we had just gotten back from our vicarage year, where all of us go and we spend a year at 
a, a church in, where, in which we learn and have the opportunity to put into practice those things that we have been learning for the, for, for the previous two years. And we were sitting in one of our classes, and I forget exactly how the conversation came about, but he told us this story about something that happened to him actually to one of his families when he was on his vicarage year. It was about a family that has a little girl. And this little girl was having some issues, some health issues, and so they decided that they needed to take this little girl into the doctor. And after some tests there, they needed to take her to a different doctor. And that doctor confirmed to them what they had feared. That this little girl, who was probably no more than about six or seven years old, that she had cancer. And so they did what most Bible-believing Christians do whenever something like this happens. They started to pray. And they started to pray a lot. They started to ask all of their friends and their family and their church family to pray with them. And there's certainly nothing wrong with how they were praying. They were praying for the miracle. And so they did. About three weeks later, they go back into the, the same doctor, and she goes through some, some more tests, some more MRIs and things that, that they do. And when the doctors came back into the room, they looked like they had seen a ghost. They said to this family, I, we can't explain it, we don't know what happened, but the cancer in your daughter is gone. Completely. We, we can't find it. It's not there. On, on every scan that we have done, on every test that we have done, the, the cancer was there, and it's not now. Now, I've heard of these kinds of things happening but before. And I guess the reason why I believe this particular story is because of the source from which it came. Because I believed my classman, he's a really, really good guy, is now a really, really good pastor in New Jersey. And I believed him because it was he who was telling us this story. C.S. Lewis, when he describes what it means to talk to somebody and listen to somebody who is a believable person. He simply says, in his book entitled Mere Christianity, that authority is simply believing things you have been told by someone because you find them to be trustworthy. That whoever it is that has explained whatever truths that they have to tell you, that you find them to be trustworthy people. You will believe what they say. That's the exact reason why I started out the children's message with that question to the kids, well, do you believe your parents when they tell you that something is true? Well, yeah, because they believe their parents. Because they find their parents, as they should, to be trustworthy authority figures in their lives. It's kind of like how the song that I'm sure that they learned, the very first song that they ever memorized, the, the very first song that I'm sure a lot of us ever memorized, Jesus Loves Me. 
Jesus loves me, this I know, because what tells me so? The Bible does. Okay? It's not exactly the entire story. The reason for that is because I know that long before I was able to read, my parents told me that Jesus loved me. Long before I was able to ever read the Bible, long before I ever got my first Bible, my parents and my Sunday school teachers, they all told me that same thing, that Jesus loved me. That he came and he died and he rose again. And all of the good news about the gospel. I didn't, I didn't read that because I hadn't read it yet. But I knew it because of what I had been told by people who I knew to be trustworthy people, by my teachers and by my Sunday school, I'm sorry, by my Sunday school teachers and by my parents and by my grandparents. And I'm sure that similar situation was true for a lot of you as well. Which leads us right into what is going on in our text for this morning in John chapter 20. Would you turn to that, please, if you haven't already done so? John chapter 20, starting at verse 19. The disciples are in hiding because they fear what the Jews might do to them if they found out that they were still alive after Jesus had died. And so the disciples are in hiding Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. We don't know how. The door was locked. He just appeared. And says to them, Peace be with you. What comforting words for his friends, for, his, for those who are closest to him to hear. After everything that had been happening and had happened in those previous days. Imagine, too, how Peter felt. Peter, who had denied Christ, not once, not twice, but three separate times. Imagine how he must have felt to not only see Jesus, but to hear those words, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said to them, peace be with you. As the Father has sent to me, I am sending you. He breathes on them, and they receive the Holy Spirit. But one of the twelve, Thomas, was not with them. And so we go on. Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came, so the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Isn't it a bit ironic? that this is nearly the exact same reaction to the women's news about Jesus that Thomas had. The women go to the disciples and they say, we have seen the Lord, but they didn't believe. The, the name Doubting Thomas doesn't really, doesn't really accurately describe Thomas. He's not, he's not doubting. He doesn't believe it at all. There's not a single shred of him that believes, according to the original Greek, there is not a single shred of him that believes that Jesus has come back and that he has been resurrected. And so he doesn't believe. It's not that he is doubting it. It's not that he has sort of partial faith. He doesn't have any faith that this has happened at all. The disciples had the same exact reaction when the women told them the same news. 
So Thomas says, unless I put my uh, unless I put my hand into his side and put my hands where the nails were, I will not believe it. A week later, the, the disciples are together again. Thomas is with them, and again, though the doors are locked, Jesus comes, stands among them, and says those same words, peace be with you. Then he looks directly at Thomas and says, here, put your fingers, the, it's, it's kind of neat how the Greek has this. The Greek actually says, thrust your fingers into my hands. Don't just... No, put your finger into the hole and see it and feel it. Put your finger into this hole in my side and see it and feel it. Thrust it into my side. And I love how the English Standard Version has this. That's the version that you have. Stop disbelieving. Not stop doubting. No, no, no. Stop disbelieving and believe. And then Thomas has what is probably the greatest Christological confession in the entire Bible, Old Testament and New. He puts his fingers into the holes in Jesus' body. And he exclaims, my Lord and my God. It is then that he believes. It is then that, he, that his disbelief has left him. And he believes what his friends have been telling him, him all along. And then Jesus says something really quite interesting and really quite fascinating. You have believed because you have seen. Well, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And so the message, my message for this morning is really quite simple. We can trust the disciples. We can trust their testimony, what they saw, because they were there. Because they actually saw it with their own eyes. And then they reported that to everybody that they met. The New Testament was eventually put together, and the good news about Jesus was spread to all of the corners of the earth, all because of what the disciples witnessed and what their testimony was and what their testimony is. We can trust them because they were there, and we are blessed because of their testimony. And doesn't this now really begin to open up sort of some different things that we have heard and seen and read Jesus say before? Remember going back to Matthew, I'm sorry, to Mark chapter 9. Jesus heals a boy with an evil spirit. So they bring the boy to Jesus. And when the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a Convulsion. He falls to the ground and rolls around, foaming at the mouth. Imagine that you are this boy's father. And Jesus asked the boy's father, well, how long has he been like this? And he says, from childhood. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And then Jesus says, if you can, everything is possible for he who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. 
When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the evil spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. And the evil spirit left the boy. Everything is possible for he who believes, Jesus says. Everything like forgiveness. Even the most terrible things. Everything like death, the ultimate instrument of the devil that, is, that has been and is reversed. Like the resurrection when the tombs and the graves will burst forth with new life. Like being led by the author and the perfecter of our faith, according to the writer of the Hebrews. Like being led by the author and the perfecter of our faith to salvation and to paradise. We are blessed because this is and was the greatest testimony of all. The greatest eyewitness account that the world has ever known. And it has been handed to us. It has been spoken to us. For many of us, long before we were even able to read, it was spoken to us by our parents and our grandparents and our aunts and our uncles and our families and our Sunday school teachers. It has been handed to us because we believe the disciples to be trustworthy. Why? Well, because they were there, because they saw everything that Jesus did. Not only did they see everything that Jesus did, but they saw him crucified. And then they saw him resurrected. He stood before them with the scars in his hands and the scars in his feet and the scars in his side and said, stop disbelieving, but believe. And this testimony has been handed to us by faith. And by faith we receive it. By faith we believe it. And by faith we are saved because of it. In our Savior's name, amen. Please stand. We now confess together the words of our Christian faith, and we do so using the Nicene Creed. The Nicene Creed is found printed on the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, I maker believe in of one God, the Father Almighty, and of all maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and, in and invisible, Christ, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead. His kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please be seated.
It's now time to collect our tithes and offerings in the pew that you are sitting in. On the aisle side of those pews is a red sign-in book. Uh, please take the time to sign in in that book so that we know that you were here to worship with us. Uh, and as we have kind of gotten into the habit of doing, if you are the last person on the aisle on the window sides, please send that book back. And the person who was on the inside aisle, please tear off that top sheet so that the elders, when they come by after service, can pick that up with ease. And so with that, we collect our tithes and offerings. The Lutheran Hour is our church's witness in the public marketplace. Hear the Lutheran Hour message each Sunday on the following stations. At 6.30 a.m. on KTXR-FM 101.3 in Springfield, Missouri. At 9.30 a.m. on KKOWAM 860 in Pittsburgh, Kansas. And at 12.30 p.m on KRUM, <clears throat> excuse me, FM 100.3, FM in Rogers, Arkansas. <clears throat> Visit online at www.lutheranhour.org to learn more about the Inspirational Lutheran Hour Ministries program or visit www.lhm.org. Any questions regarding the Lutheran Hour may be addressed by calling the church office at 417-235-7300. Trinity's Adult Bible Class meets at 9 a.m. each Sunday in the cafeteria and fellowship hall of the school. Men's Bible Study meets each Wednesday morning at 6.30 a.m. in the chapel. The Mount Vernon Ladies Bible Study Group will meets after Easter. Additional study groups include Ladies Tuesday Evening Bible Study at 7 p.m. at the home of Tony Oberman. Ladies Afternoon Bible Study meets the first and third Mondays at 1 p.m. For more information regarding the Bible Study groups, contact the church office at 417-235-7300. We will soon be rejoining the congregation to accept the offerings and begin the celebration of Holy Communion. a few folks that we want to remember in our prayers for this morning. First of all, for those on our health list, from Melba McCord, Nancy McRoberts, Mary Fritz, Ella Kleibaker, Esther Holly, Flora Oberman, Landreth Worm, Erwin Kruger, Erna Shane, Janice Meyer, Jeannie Stoltz, Myron Reed, Rosa Marie Griman, 
Carol McIntyre, Marilyn Stewart, Brenda Lawmaster, Sandy Voskamp, Caitlin Kleibaker, David Hughes, Marv Henning, Madison Williams, Elmer Kaiser, Lee Dust, Ethel Helmkamp, Dale Chapman, Dan Haynes, Dustin Schmidt, Don Schmedeke, Kelsey Stewart Ledford, and also for the family of Colleen Pugh, who passed away on Thursday of this past week. Also, for Thelma Barnes, who will be celebrating 80 years of life on April the 26th, for those celebrating anniversaries for Nick and Connie Prater for 52 years of marriage on April the 24th, for Larry and Janelle Menning, who will celebrate 42 years of marriage on April the 25th, and for David and Connie Chapman, who will be celebrating 45 years of marriage on April the 28th. And so we go to our Lord in prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for the testimony of the disciples. We thank you, Lord, that it, would, that it is that testimony that has called each and every one of us here this morning. It is that testimony of the good news about Jesus that started over 2,000 years ago. And Lord, it is the reason and the very purpose for why we are here in this sanctuary here this morning. And so, Lord, we pray that, that you would help us to live with this joy, help us to live with this Easter joy each and every day. May we, Lord, be able, by the power of your Holy Spirit, by the faith that you have given to us, not only to believe this good news, that our faith in it would never waver, but, Lord, that we would share that good news with those around us. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks, Lord, for all of those who are in authority over us, all, uh, for uh, those, Lord, who work at the state and at the national level, for those community and public servants, for police officers, for firefighters, for, um, for, uh, for all of those, Lord, who work in that line of work. And Lord, also for those in our armed forces, we pray that you would keep them out of harm's way, all of them. We pray that, that you would bring them back safely to us. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Gracious God, we pray to you for all those who are suffering that we know of, whether it be physically, spiritually, or emotionally. We pray especially for all those that we have named on our health list, Lord, especially also for the family of Colleen. Uh, and Lord, what an, an unexpected passing that that was. And so we pray for her family. We pray for us as her church family that you would strengthen us during this time by the power of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, also for all those that we know who are suffering, that we name before you in our hearts now. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Precious God, we also rejoice with those who are celebrating birthdays and anniversaries soon. For Thelma Barnes on her 80 years of life coming up on April the 26th, we thank you, Lord, for the 79 years of life that you have given to her thus far. We pray that in this next year of her life, she will grow closer to you each and every day. Also, Lord, for Nick and Connie, for Larry and 
Janelle and for David and Connie, and Lord, for, uh, for their years of marriage that you have given to them. Lord, may they grow closer to one another. May they grow closer to you each and every day. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Also, Lord, we pray for the nation and the world that we live in. We pray, Lord, that where there is war, that there would be peace, that where there is hunger, that you would feed. Lord, where uh, there are people that do not yet know you as Lord and Savior, that you would send to them your Holy Spirit, so that faith would be created in them. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Finally, Lord, we give you thanks for the gift of Holy Communion that is here before us. We thank you, Lord, that in, with, under the bread and the wine, that we receive the very body and blood of Jesus, who has promised to be with us always, even to the very end of the age. We thank you, Lord, that it is through this sacrament that we receive the forgiveness of our sins, the redemption of our souls. And Lord, we know that wherever there is the forgiveness of sins, that life and salvation are also there. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so, people of God, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord, our God. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who overcame the assaults of the devil and gave his life as a ransom for many, that with cleansed hearts we might be prepared joyfully to celebrate the Paschal Feast in sincerity and truth. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper, 
And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. The first communion hymn will be, O Sons and Daughters of the King, page 470 in the Lutheran Service Book. Again, O Sons and Daughters of the King, page 470 in the Lutheran Service Book.
Please stand. And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy, that you would strengthen us through the same in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord be with you. Blessed be the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. service book. Again, he's risen, he's risen, page 480.
Please be seated. Just a reminder that the service for uh, Colleen tomorrow will be at 10 o'clock here in the sanctuary. It will be presided over by myself and Pastor, Lamp, uh, Pastor Ken Lampy. And uh, then there will be a luncheon immediately to follow in the fellowship hall. Uh, I pray that you all would have a very, very blessed week in the Lord. He is risen. It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistat, Missouri. We pray that you benefit spiritually from the service and invite you to worship with the members of Trinity next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of the radio broadcast on KKBL FM 95.9 in Aurora, Missouri, or the podcast at www frystatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Carol Kleibaker, and we wish you a blessed week.